It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It's Thursday, February 4th of 2021. This is episode number 96 we're talking about. I'm thinking of, of ending things from 2020. Broadcasting from our What the Hell Was That studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. I'm thinking I'm too stupid for this movie. I'm thinking the exact same thing. I don't know. Oh, we're going to get into it. Man, we've talked a couple of times this week, and it's just like, uh, where does this So I selected this movie you're saying. I don't remember, like, I don't remember seeing a preview of this movie. It was brand new to me while I was watching. I must have gotten a description of it, and I must have thought that, like, Going to your uh, the, to some boyfriend's house who you want to break up with uh, and seeing his parents would be pretty horrific. That must be kind of what I thought or something. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been in that situation where I wanted to break up with like my girlfriend and then ended up doing something with her, and it's uh, it's pretty cringy and horrible, just like parts of this movie are. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions I have that you may be able to answer, and perhaps maybe I've been able to answer. But like I like you said, it's like maybe maybe we're just too dumb for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we'll definitely get, too stupid. We'll, we'll get into movie. the review. Hey, uh, yeah. yeah, we're getting some snow out here in Wisconsin, but I got to tell you, we got to feel bad for the people in Florida, um, like Southern Florida. They're getting right. forty degree weather. Oh no! Oh, they got to worry about falling iguanas. That, oh, really? I bet. Yeah. You know, yeah. you see this little violin I'm playing. <laughs> That's for them. <laughs> forty degrees, man. I know it. It does. Uh, I know how, how do you guys live? Let's send support to these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, seriously. I know a couple of uh, people in Florida, and that is way too cold for them. Uh, horror movie news. Okay. Uh, horror movie news. Chucky is in the news again. After accosting a subway rider for not wearing a mask in New York City last week during a prank set up by three Instagram influ- influencers, this week he was uh, part of a statewide Amber, Amber Alert in Texas. Do you hear about this? I didn't read the story. I saw the picture because it, it's got the little puppet that's seated Chucky, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Amber Alert featured Chucky and his spawn, Glenn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that went out three times yesterday. Uh, Chucky was described as having blue denim overalls with multicolored striped long sleeve shirt, wearing, wielding a huge kitchen knife. Um, Amber Alerts are not funny. No, they're not funny. I, I, I And we're not poking fun at no. that, but this is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Doll was the description given for his race. Ah, okay. <laughs> no doll shaming. The uh, Texas Public Safety Department apologized for the obviously errant alerts and blamed the incident on a text, test malfunction. How would that be even I, be a test? I, I Why would you think, oh, you know Chucky and Chucky's, yeah. what was his name, Glenn? Glenn, yeah. Glenn, no, it's, it's not funny. We're not trying to make fun of No, but Amber Alerts are serious. Amber Alerts are very serious. They help out so many children with really like, dirt bags, you know? They really do, you know, and... Uh, it's, uh, that's, that's two ridiculous. incidents that Chucky has been involved in that uh, really shouldn't be very funny. Uh, another news, uh, Phantasm.com relaunched. Okay. So uh, there's mean? a lot of new content on the series, a fan club, P-H-A-N, uh, which uh, you can join by texting BOY to 844-406-0923. And there's a new look to the website. Uh, signing up for the new club uh, via that text uh, it puts you in the running for some fabulous prizes. Who owns that? Um, the studio? No, Coscarelli, I'm sure. Oh, does. okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Rare, the grand prize is a rare, personally autographed, out-of-print Phantasm 1 CD soundtrack from Don Cascarelli's collection. Well, I'll tell you right now, before you get more into it, mm-hmm. you got a personally signed picture of uh, John... Or John dies at the end. Yeah, well, yeah. him and um, him and uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah uh, the guy from um, uh, Sideways. Uh, Giamatti, Paul yeah, Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. And I'll, uh, there, there's also five personally autographed Don Coscarelli Phantasm Ravager, Ravager mini posters, oh, two nice. Phantasm Oblivion full-size posters, two Phantasm 2 full-size posters. I have an autographed one of those already. Nice. Uh, and one copy of Phantasm creator Don Coscarelli's recent memoir, True Indie, personally autographed. I have that autographed, too. Yes, you do. Um, 
See, look, look at Mr. Cool. Yeah, there. well, they must have had the money to rebuild the website after all the stuff I bought on there. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coscarelli is really great to his fans. Yes. You should check out the new site, buy something way there to support to support some indie horror. Show, because show some support really to, for Don Coscarelli. And, it and is he a good did. He, he threw in a, a picture of uh, you know Don, uh, John dies at the end. He didn't. I didn't order that or anything. He just threw that in there with my uh, copy of True Indie, which is a really cool book. What a good book. dude. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, going back cool. to that, I know it came out. Came uh, got to you a while ago, but that, mm-hmm. that that's a good dude. Yeah, he, he really is, and uh, it's a really cool book, and you should check out Phantasm.com. Great movies, obviously. I love them. Uh, did you like uh, Cube, the 1997 Canadian horror movie? You know, I've never gotten all oh. the way through that movie. I've seen the first really? like couple of minutes, but it, it's, it feels like a... Um, an elevated saw movie. Hmm. I, kind of I liked like. it actually. I really did like that movie. Uh, creator Vincento Natali is executive producing a new Japanese language version of Cube, set to come out in Japan October twenty second. Uh, plot of that Japanese version sounds pretty much like the original, <laughs> uh, but it, it was a, it was a really cool movie. I enjoyed Cube. That's that's interesting, Andy. I, I, like doing a reboot, but in a different country. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. I actually would be very interested to see that. I would, too. And, you know, this usually goes the other way where it's like a Japanese and like or Korean film and it comes to them and they make an American English version of it. So this well, is kind of an interesting concept. Yeah. The, the only things I could really think of that that really hit the mark were the ring, which was Ringu. Yeah. And uh, the grudge, which is oh, yeah. Juan. Yeah. The first grudge. Yeah. The, and those are original. Like One Missed Call. Mm-hmm. That was a great Japanese horror film. Mm-hmm. But the remake sucked. Really? Yeah, I don't think I saw the. Uh, I don't. I don't think I saw that movie. But uh, yeah, this is interesting uh, concept. I'd be kind of interested to watch Japanese version um, with subtitles, of course. Mm-hmm. So I don't speak much Japanese. Uh, David Cronenberg, who of course started started in horror, you know, The Fly and Scanners. Uh, I think he acted in Nightbreed even. I thought uh, I watched that. It's on Shutter now. I, yeah. I started watching it. Uh, well, he's coming back to the genre. Viggo Mortensen, who worked with him on Eastern Promises and the History of Violence, of course. Um, Bloody Disgusting reported that Mortensen was interviewed by GQ and mentioned that Cronenberg would be going back to his origins for his next film. GQ asked if back to his origins meant horror stuff. And Mortensen said uh, he replied, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. It's almost like a strange film noir story what he's working on right now. Well, anything that he's done has been kind of a film noir scanners and, and even yeah. videodrome. Yeah. Um, Obviously, this the person that was interviewing Vigo has no idea what horror is. Is it a horror thing? Yeah, Yeah, it's like uh, no, like he was like GQ guy. Yeah, he's he's the godfather of body horror, you dummy. Absolutely. I mean, this is GQ, John. They're not gonna. All right, give me Brooks Brothers shoe on. Right, right, exactly. I'm sure they knew what uh, hair wax to use, but not anything about about horror. (laughs) All right, uh, trivia. I got some trivia for you. Actor Jesse Plemons, who played our main character, Luke, in this movie, is also going to star in another horror movie coming out later this year. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro. He is not the director of the movie. Hmm. Uh, We have talked about it in the past, and we'll probably review it when it comes out. What is the name of that movie? Ah, I do not remember. I know what you're talking about, though. I remember us talking about that. What is the name of that? It looks like a creature feature. It's called Antlers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember talking about yeah, that. Yeah, he plays like oh, the sheriff. It, it looks, and the aesthetic of it looks really good. Like uh, the movie Sa- Sater that we're going to like yeah. review later on yep. in the next couple of weeks. Yep. It has that kind of aesthetic to it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, so that's interesting because my question is about Jesse Plemons, too. Excellent. I find a very interesting actor, too. Um, he hasn't really been, with the exception of his upcoming movie, obviously, he hasn't been in any, uh, really any horror movies, per se, but he has been in a very famous horror TV series uh, named the Technological Horror Series, in which he starred in the episode USS Callister. I know what it was. Yes. It was Black Mirror. Black Mirror, I yes. saw him. It was, almost like a, it was almost like a horror movie of Star Trek. Yes, exactly. He played a company, like, IT guy. He pretends to be cat, like this Captain Kirk guy in this VR playtime with fully sentient sentient digital clones of his co-workers which is you know fully sentient digital clones are kind of a recurrent theme in Black Mirror actually but uh uh, that was a cool episode. I enjoyed that one. That was one of the few I've actually seen and really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. You know Jesse Plemons is I don't know if he's underrated but he's got like so many movies under his belt. You know he's married to Kirsten Dunst? 
What's that? He's married to Kirsten I Dunst. I did not know that. What? Yeah, because really? they were both on like episode two because Fargo started their their TV series. Yeah. They they were both on episode two. That's where they met. They have a kid now and they're married. Wow, I knew he, I knew he was on Fargo. I didn't know that at all. That's interesting. Sweet. Uh, Andy's Andy's Chainsaw Plot. A woman thinking of breaking up with her boyfriend goes on a trip to meet his parents anyway. The cringy meeting hints that the woman may be trapped in some kind of time continuum or may not exist at all. Yeah. (laughs) All right. No, that's exactly what the the plot is. Uh, Here's your spoiler alert we're going to be talking about. I'm thinking of ending things from 2020. uh, Director, is it... Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast. You can go watch it on Netflix for free. Then come back to find out what we thought about it. Andy, initial thoughts of Man, I'm thinking okay. of ending things. Yeah. So like I said, I'm way too dumb for this movie. Um, Same. <laughs> I found it to be pretty depressing. And like the themes of aging and overall melancholy of the movie are uh, uh, kind of horrid uh i mean seeing your parents wither away like that made me want to take my parents to that cliff in midsummer oh yeah you know <laughs> so they don't have to go Just through push this push them off I don't with the mallet. yeah exactly i can see why they do that now i mean what the hell is going on in this movie i i am like too dumb for the references it's immediately it's got to be immediately evident to our listeners that i'm too stupid to have these kind of conversations uh and this is not what i talk about in cars uh, I, I'm, I talk about like I have conversations like why would you put a fart bumper sticker on your car? That's I've definitely talked about that in a car, mm-hmm. but uh, you know not whatever conversation about that movie. Uh, the whole time they were talking about it, I was thinking that it was a Nick Cassavetes movie they were talking about. <laughs> you know the guy from Face Off and yeah. the Wraith. Uh, I don't even know who John Cassavetes is. It must be his dad or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all these references went over my head pretty much. Um, I have not read this stuff. I, and, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's based on a book. Uh, I think it's based on what I think is taken from the book in this movie. I have to think this is the kind of book that the guy who filmed that plastic bag in American Beauty reads at Starbucks thinking it's going to make him appeal to women. Uh, I have a feeling reading the book would make me just as confused. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a month to prepare for this podcast and I'd actually read the book, I think it'd be even more confused. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, that being said, I didn't really get bored until probably the last um, quarter of the movie. I was kind of engaged in it. I was waiting to see what was going on, and then it just kind of went off the rails at the end for me. So I did find this interesting, even though the conversations were like kind of over my head, it was still an interesting conversation to listen to. And I found some of the like the stuff at the farmhouse was actually kind of creepy and weird, you know, and and really did kind of fit in the horror genre. And, you know, I I don't want to a lot of times we don't like to get into the discussion of is this horror, but I want to talk about why I think it kind of is, you know, a little little later. But so there were some definite um, I think there were some definite like uh, good parts of this movie I just I think it's kind of a bit above where I where I where I could really comprehend some of it and Mm -hmm. uh, see its greatness if you want to call it that uh, or really comment on that kind of thing so I did feel like there were some really well done things in this movie I I also felt that it was a little bit little bit pompous and a, a little bit uh i don't know uh you know pretentious like, let you pretentious like that guy from american beauty film the uh, plastic bag yeah um the good for me was the acting across the board oh yeah uh, i thought the acting was spot on mm-hmm. you know if this movie was up for an academy award it would at least get nominated for best actor supporting actor Freaking Tony Collette is in this playing the mom. You know, I love Tony Collette. She is like one of the most, she's one of the best character actors I've ever seen. Jesse Plemons, to me, just nailed it. You know, this this young lady, uh, what's her name? Jesse Buckley, mm-hmm. who played Luisa or, or the girl, um, did so good. The dad was awesome. Um, and that's pretty, mo- that's pretty much what your characters were. And you had a janitor and you had these girls in this ice cream shop, which was, so uh, David Lynchian to me, <laughs> yeah, because it was so damn bizarre. I mm-hmm. mean, it was just like 
there were so many literal literary terms talking about poems, talking about these these movies and and analyzing of what was the meaning of this movie. It just went way over my head. It was the dialogue wasn't forgettable, but I forgot it because it was just like it, it meant nothing to me. Right. It's like I get you guys are trying to relate to each other, but you know, it it the horror elements to me were really at those tension scenes and there were a couple because it was like like every time that that Louisa would tell Jake like, you know, she's about ready to to have a confrontation with him, he would say, "Oh, ta-da, we're here." You know, I, wherever they were getting yeah. to. <laughs> um anytime there was going to be a confrontation, she, it was stopped because they were at their destination. Right. You know, it was at the the farmhouse. It was at the high school. It was at the uh, the the ice cream shop. Which why in the hell would you go buy a, which was pretty much a blizzard that you would get at Dairy Queen. <laughs> right. A burr. Uh, oh, burr. That's what it was called. <laughs> like in the middle, I guess they're in Oklahoma and yeah. they're having like one of the worst blizzard storms ever. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what sounds really good right now? Ice cream. Yeah, it'd be like if we went for a, a blizzard. Today. Yeah, a blizzard right. Right now, when we're getting nine inches of snow, um, I, oh God, uh, the horror elements were in the house when they stopped. Um, but Andy, this movie was two hours and fourteen minutes. Yes, fifty minutes of it, no exaggeration, was in the, in car, the car of these ha- these right. people having. What was a meaningful conversation to them, but meant nothing to me because I had no idea what they were talking about, the poems and the literary terms. And, and you know, they even had a they even had an argument about the Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, about being misogynistic. And I'm just yeah. like, God, I'm so out of this. Like, like the dialogue for me didn't land. It was good. It was fine. And, and they they acted it so well. But. You're going to have to convince me this. This didn't have it, it felt. I felt tension, but not mm-hmm. anything horrific because yeah, there was no gore. So, there so was yeah, right. I mean, it, the, so the debate is this horror getting into this debate is usually kind of verboten when discussing horror. Horror is whatever people think is scary. You know, Jaws to me is not really horror. Um, but some people think it's the most terrifying movie, right? Sure. Uh, so you have to be careful when you bring this topic up. Uh, so does this qualify for horror? I don't know. Uh, I think if you found yourself in the situation of the young woman, it would be horrific. Uh, and I think there is like this existential dread, like, uh, a theme of like a lot of horror short stories that I've read is, is realizing you're like a figment of someone else's imagination. Yeah. And I think that's what she's realizing here when like she sees the picture of herself as a child yeah. on the wall well don't you recognize that's me no that that's me yeah and i think it definitely creates an atmosphere where there are some scary feelings it's certainly evocative of a lot of the uh, emotions that a horror is supposed to evoke um so i i think you know in some ways this is uh, yeah sure it's a horror movie especially when you're at the farmhouse um yeah. And maybe if I was smarter and got like all of the philosophy and stuff in here, this is a terrifying movie. Maybe uh, when someone uh, when you're just a figment of someone else's imagination and you've been dreamt up by somebody else and you have real, no real identity, that's kind of scary. You know, it's kind of a ter- terrifying thing to think about. And I think it's maybe a lot a little easier to uh, be frightening uh, in a in a story or something like that than really to depict on film but yeah this isn't gonna keep you up at night no. uh, unless you think too much maybe <laughs> maybe if you have some sort of fear of of being dreamt up and that you're not a real person already this would give you give you some sort of sort of uh, fear uh, but I do think this is really this really did make uh, like evoke some emotion in me, you know. It was very, like, very, very cringy in some places. Like uh, the, you know, the whole scene with uh, the scenes with the parents were very uncomfortable, and it really did a great job. But like the whole thing was uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole setup. I, I agree. I think that whole setup when they first when they first get to the house of the fact that you know um, Louisa is like looking upstairs, and I, I I think it's the mom that's looking down. And waving, and she's she's like, I've been waving here for a while. He's yeah. like, hey, you know what? We'll go in in a little bit. Yeah, and and the whole blizzard, uh, like it's kind of an isolating, claustrophobic uh, atmosphere of the blizzard that they're in. Well, they show and, they and how show, it's kind of they're kind of trapped at this house. You yeah, know, there's there's some there's some terror. To yeah, it's a, it's a sense of dread for sure. I yeah. mean, they even had shots, and I thought the cinematography was great. Now the problem I had is it kept going to I don't know what they call the ratio, but the 
instead of the box. Like, yeah, it's like, four three. Is that four three? It was in four three the whole time. Which yeah. I didn't understand the uh, that choice on this at it, all. It, it felt yeah, it, it felt kind of weird. And, I mean, and and maybe that was part of what it was supposed to make you feel make you a little feel trapped, a little more trapped. Yeah, that was all I could think of there. It's yeah, it's like four three, like a nineties TV. You know, yeah. it's square. Yeah, basically, it's basically a square. It's not you know. Completely. It was interesting. I I did find that. It almost felt like a late '80s, early '90s um, feel to it. I'll give you that. Uh, it, just the car he was driving, and yeah, just everything. The, the there was '80s Buick. Yeah. yeah, there was there was not Maybe a lot coolest. of technology, with the exception of her phone. Yeah, that's true. It is one of these movies where there isn't. Uh, yeah, they have phones and stuff. You know, it's supposed to be 2021 or whatever, but. Yeah, there's really nothing yeah, else that indicates that. Yeah, she's got her iPhone, that. but there's nothing yeah. else that indicates. I mean, even the cars in there, and the, the fact that they still have this, you know, open ice cream shop, which is like a Dairy Queen. Right. They they instead of the blizzards, they call it the burr. Right. Um, well, and and this is, uh, I mean, at the end we can discuss the end of the movie. I guess at the end of the movie, you find out that really, I think this is just all being dreamt up by this janitor. Like Jesse is this janitor. Maybe it's uh, like I I don't know what what did you think? Um, like I, I got the idea it was this janitor's delusions of grandeur or something, reimagining his life as one of the like the young people that he's surrounded with every day at work. I, I thought about that because there were a lot of conversations when they were talking during uh, the dinner scene where it's uh, Louisa, uh, Jake, mom and dad. Um, just talking about how awkward and then there was also a conversation brought up that you know he had no skills except he was genius you know he was a genius but he always kept to himself like he had more potential than he was worth you know because the very end of the movie is him is accepting you know a Nobel Nobel Prize Prize. physics or something Uh, yeah or something like that because previous to that you know you figure out that the janitor which keeps doing these really you know, bad cutscenes to this janitor yeah. because it cuts it off like, and I, I'm sure it was intentional by the director to just kind of throw you off mm-hmm. of these cutscenes to this janitor of, you know, working in a high school, you know, cleaning the toilets and mopping the floor and cleaning the lockers and doing whatever he was supposed to be doing. But they keep doing that. And then halfway through the movie, you realize that that's Jake. Right. You know, or, or you get an idea that it's Jake. Mm-hmm. Um but that, you know, that was real life. So it's kind of this, you know, it, I, I almost want to compare it to like a, a movie like Memento and Fight Club, mm-hmm. you know, without without the blood and guts and stuff like that. But no, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a total mind F yeah. where you're like, OK, where am I? Who is this? You know, what part of time am I in? Why is it showing it? The chronological order just kind of threw me way off. Yeah, and I, I think this is all like in his. I think it's all in his head as he's doing his work at the school. Like it's going, he's going through his day at the school, uh-huh. and he's just imagining all this stuff and his parents and how they, you know, how things ended up with them or whatever. Uh, and and this and Lucy or whatever her name is is like a total figment of his imagination, like an amalgam of uh, these girls that he sees at school and girls that he's uh, I, I that think, he's uh, like appreciated over his life or something like that. It's all like this idealized perfect girl for him or something or what? I think it was. I think she was a real person that he had a crush on. Okay, but the way it was told by Louisa, the I guess the imagination of her, if she if she's not a real person. Mm-hmm. Or, or she she is a real person, but a figment of his imagination that they ended up getting together. The story that she told at dinner time was we were at trivia, you know, and he kept answering all these questions right. And, you know, I I was slightly intrigued by him and he was shy and he couldn't talk to me. And I was intrigued by that. And then there was later in the movie where she had said it was a completely different story of like yeah. uh, or she had uh uh, she was talking to the janitor who is you figure out is Jake. Yeah, that's right. Um, that vision of uh, um, Louisa is saying, you know, I was a waitress and this guy was a total jerk and he was just, you know, I, I, well, how am I supposed to know him? So doesn't that come from this movie that they're talking about? Because isn't that a scene? In, in I think but I think that's a part of the figment of his imagination. Yeah. Like maybe that's how he dreamed it up. Right. But then at the end of that movie within a movie, yeah. um, 
she gets fired because he's outside saying, I love you. Right. And then the manager fires. And this is the movie within the movie, which was right. I thought was pretty meta and it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually showed credits, like full screen credits mm-hmm. of, of the end of this movie. But at the end of the end of that movie, the girl goes outside and did you say you love me? And she grabs his hand mm-hmm. and they look similar to like like to what uh, Louisa and what Jake look like. If you right. notice that. But it was like. That was probably the real story, except it didn't have that happy ending because she never talked to him again. It was just, it became a figment of his imagination. Right. And then and the movie within the movie or whatever is, uh, it's not a real movie. Obviously. No, 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 no. And, and, <laughs> and then he has the, uh, the credits for uh, Robert Zemeckis there, which was really funny for some reason. That was funny. <laughs> I don't know why it was so like a random, uh, very random, um, Thing that was it was it was pretty funny to see that Is name. Is it the like it, like the king of rom coms or something? Yeah, like that? I don't rom-com. think so. I really don't think that he's like that's the kind of movie he would make, which is part of what made that funny. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I think that's why it was so funny because the guy is. Uh, it's not really the kind of uh, of movie he'd make. I don't think so. He made like Contact. Uh, uh, yeah, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, obviously. So I, I, this is not that kind of dumb movie is not what he would make, which is which is I think why it, why it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's made a lot of action movies. So uh, I, I don't know. Obviously, that's like a movie this guy made up, and yeah. and he just you know <laughs> directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> and I, and maybe it had. And I don't really know what this movie that like I the, like I said the references just went over my head, and I don't know what this movie they're talking about that John Cassavetes. Uh, Directed was about, but that seemed to have a waitress in it, didn't it? Yeah. So was is this kind of a allegory to that movie or something like that, or I I don't know. Well, it seemed like they, there was like two sides because uh, like like Luis almost seemed like the feminist type, you know, very very yeah. independent. Well, woman. and he's he's very woke too. I mean, he's he, he is, called- and he he understood that because he listens to her and he understands, yeah. and you know, he just he I think he just takes a perspective, not not that it's a, his opinion, but he takes the perspective. Well, it could have been this, and she was so adamant about that, you know. And I I thought some of the rage scenes that he has, mm-hmm. like that, disturbed me because he was so low key for seventy five percent of the movie. Oh yeah, I think this is uh, I don't know. I, I think this is one of these like, uh, you know, kind of toxic individuals who uh, pretends like he's this uh, basically like a feminist or whatever, and is is really actually kind of an awful boyfriend uh, to have because he's uh, he's very controlling and he they had like his parents say he's very controlling and manipulative, you know. Oh and, yeah, that whole scene. Let, let's talk about that a little bit because the house scene, like you said, I, I think had the horrific elements. Mm-hmm. It started out normal like, but. Like you said, it was very uncomfortable even when they first got there because he takes her out to the barn and, you know, a bunch of sheep. Right. And then mm-hmm. she notices some dead goats that are frozen solid. And mm-hmm. she's like, what do you do about that? And he's like, well, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. they're frozen. Nothing's going to happen. Right. And they take her, takes her to the pig pen. And it's just like, well, what happened to the pigs? Well, it was like they were eaten alive. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, and the pig shows up at the end too. I, I don't... animated pig, by the way. And right, you know why nude. they did the? And uh, did you read the trivia as to why they had the animated pig? Because the pig can't turn their heads and they can't walk on. They wet can't floors. walk on school <laughs> on school tiles, I guess. <laughs> yes, they had that's to make cruel. The, so the, you, uh, yeah, I understand animated. that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I think be nice to animals, even pigs, because they're kind of like dogs. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. P- pigs are very smart. So, um, which was yeah, it was a pretty horrific story. I don't know. And I, I wasn't understanding why this guy took her into the um, into the barn to begin with. I don't know. In a blizzard. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then the like the extended amount of time it took his his parents to come downstairs. Yeah. And like she wasn't even sure if they were aware that he was that they were coming. I thought yeah. that was that was very like uh, like just cringy, you know. But that, Andy, that that was the funny thing about it to me is that it was it was like they were. It was the mind F part of it because they saw him pull up and and um, um, Louisa actually saw the mom like waving at him. Yeah, like extendedly, like way over the top waving at him. Yeah. And, and then, it was, was kind of like that dog that just kept shaking. Oh, itself. that was freaky. That, yeah, that actually was. was creepy. I was like, because it was. Yeah. And you're like, oh, poor dog. Calm down. What's going on? Right. Is something wrong with your ears? Yeah, I had a border collie. It made me sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> dog didn't die, though. The dog, dog, didn't dog did not die. No, I think it was just an, a figment of someone's imagination. But yeah, I, I really think there were some real horror elements in this in this farmhouse scene. And that's all it was, though. I mean, it was it just was. the the, the, no. el- the elements were there of like. You know, jump scare. There was a couple of jump scares, which was oh it was goodness, a nice yeah. touch. But I mean, nothing like where it's just like blew your pants off. Um, right. Going down into the basement. That was oh, kind yeah. of creepy. Oh, yeah. Where the claw marks were. And yeah. It's just like, ooh, yeah. You know, something's going to happen here. Uh-huh. You know, the parents keep switching from the older look where the mom's like, like literally getting ready to pass away and right. just she can't eat. And she's in, she's in her bed. And the dad's like, like he, he's got a dementia. And and it's just it, it, it's not you, you got kind of taken out of the horrific to to more of upset and you felt for these people of what they were going through because they were isolated and alone. I think you made a in an earlier conversation we had about this. We haven't talked a lot about it this week, but in an early conversation we had about this, you kind of mentioned it as being like kind of a purgatory almost, and that's really what it was like. It was almost this like weird place that uh, was just horrific, uh, and you didn't understand where you were or, or what was going on, you know. So, yeah. uh, and I think from the uh, the girl's perspective, because she doesn't have a name, it's just the girl, you know, Lucy or or Lucille or whatever, whatever her name is supposed to be. Louisa. Louisa, whatever her name is supposed to be. Yeah. If you watch it with the captions on, it just says young woman. Yeah. When her, so she doesn't really have a name. But if you like from her perspective, this is terrifying, you mm-hmm. know, and then she keeps getting those. Well, another thing I thought was really pretty scary was those uh, voicemail she was getting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then it turns out it you like ask one question. Yeah. The voice gets less and less garbles. It turns out to be Jesse. Yeah. That was weird and Jake. unsettling, you know. I, I thought that was really kind of creepy. But um yeah. So I really do think there was some good horror elements in this farm scene. Um, and then you add on top of that all the just cringiness of the things that his parents are saying. And, you know, she's stuck in this and she doesn't even want to be in this relationship. And I, I've been in this situation where you're all of a sudden like meeting the parents of someone who you're going to dump next week. You're planning on getting rid of next week, you know? <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, here we are, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, so I've been in this situation and it's so cringy, you know? I mean, it's really, uh, it is kind of a horror show. Yeah, and maybe that's the aspect of it is the horrors of life and I'm looking at it as a perspective as a pure horror genre you know what I right. mean and it's not it's um, not. it's very psychological this movie it's super psychological and I think that you know it did it did like disturb me in some ways like that yeah. and, and there's this whole aspect of like aging and the progression of time which is unstoppable and you know like looking back at your life and like what you haven't accomplished uh, I think all of those are very hor- like real horrific things that we all have to deal with I mean there you know that I think we all have regrets about thing and things that we think we should have done with our lives that uh you know, most of us, I guess, maybe Elon Musk doesn't. I don't know. But <laughs> he deals know, with nothing. Exactly. So Jeff Bezos. Yeah, maybe those guys don't. I don't know. They probably even do, you know. Yeah. So uh, this, these are all re- very real kind of scary things that we all deal with in our life. And I think uh, it definitely evokes that emotion and it presents that uh, in your face uh, and makes you think about it, which is scary. Yeah. Uh, real life horror. I mean, I, I guess you can call it that, you know, if it you really were going to give kinda, yeah. if you're going to give a subgenre, because like most, most horror movies and yeah, I'm stating the obvious here, but you have slashers, you have, you know, psychological thrillers, but may, the real life horror of, you know, things you have to deal with or, or, Maybe even to a point, just thinking about it is mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the the commentary that he's trying to portray. You know, mm-hmm. is mental health and all these things you make up. Because I thought one of the most heartbreaking scenes was going back to the farmhouse, and mom had passed away, and she's on she's on her bed, like like at home, and then the dad comes out, even younger than he was when they first got there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gives Louisa a hug and, and Jake is sitting there holding his mom's hand crying and, you know, he gives her a hug and, and you know, take care of our boy. He's a, he's a good guy. Isn't he? And she said, yeah, she's tears are pulling. Out. And this this was like some of the most brilliant acting. It made no sense of what was going on, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know, maybe his mom did pass away. But the dad was 
like even younger than he was when they first got there because mm-hmm. he was cleaning out the or fixing the garbage disposal or right. whatever. Right. Yeah, and this whole like um, thing with the Alzheimer's or memory problems that they have, that's mm-hmm. horrific. It is horrific. You it know, was. And, and that's a reality. I mean, there's that's a horror that I'm much more likely to deal with than someone like Leatherface chasing me. Oh, sure. That, without <laughs> a doubt. These are real it. life horrors that we all have to deal with and, and uh, may have to are, are likely to deal with in our lifetime you know more so than uh, Jason coming after you with a machete or you know being attacked Chucky by someone pushing Chuck- you over in a subway <laughs> Chucky attacking you in a subway exactly <laughs> so sorry that can happen but <laughs> too soon <laughs> some of us have that have that happen to us but well if you're an Instagram influencer I guess but yeah. you know I, I think I think there's also like something to be said about the title of this movie. I'm thinking of ending things. We think it's the, you know, the relationship that's being talked about. I'm thinking it's this janitor's life because at the end, basically, he kills himself. Right? He does right? not. He doesn't. He's okay. got he's got dementia or something like that. Okay. Basically, he he's suffering from dementia or maybe even Alzheimer's. Okay. Because I did read something of when somebody is so cold especially when you're you, you, your mind is not completely there you'll strip down because your your body's telling you you're too hot right so, you know why that happens huh so that happens when you get extremely cold your body pulls all of its blood into its uh, core yeah and then eventually it just gives up and and it pushes it all out into your like limbs and stuff and then you're, you're you do feel super hot yeah so that's like the last one of the last stages of hypothermia I yeah think. so basically he he didn't realize that was going on okay because he, he was so confused. So. so he was just sitting in his truck this whole time? That's, that's exactly that what it? happened. Okay. Because it was covered in snow, it was light, and then, you know, the okay. last shot of the movie is like the beautiful blue sky right after this blizzard, and you just see this truck completely covered in snow. You don't see the other car anywhere. Right, right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when they went to the school, though, and then they had those, <laughs> they had the wagon, because the guy was supposed to throw away his ice cream. Yeah. the ice creams because he, he was flipping out about I don't want it to get too sticky in here it's melting I gotta go find. no don't go down this this road mm-hmm. yeah and, and like I was engaged with the movie until they got to the school I guess that's really uh, where it kind of f- fell apart for me uh, I guess I was kind of waiting to see what was going on in this thing and I, yeah. I didn't and when it got to the school it kind of uh it got way over my head, I guess, and it wasn't it got, what I expected. And uh, it got very Pink uh, Floyd the Wall. It it did. I really did think it was like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I there was totally a, there was a yeah. big dance sequence. Oh God, they were just in the car too long, man. Fifty minutes. Yeah, there was fifty. Well, that that's it. True. The, the first the, the the trip to their parents' house takes seventeen minutes, and I believe the trip back. Uh, when they finally get out of that house, which takes a long time too, is like 22 minutes. So what? no, it was. It, I think it was. No, yeah, you're right. I, I think, think it's like it was 40, but yeah, it was yeah. A, almost. Yeah, it was about 40, 45 minutes. This movie was uh, two hours and 14 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and was, about 40 minutes of it is in the car. In the car, right, right. You know, Just yeah. conversations, and they're not that they're not meaningful. They are because this is obviously the struggle that they're having. Because there was some great uncomfortable silence, mm-hmm. and like her having an inner monologue. Because she was your narrator throughout the movie, mm-hmm. even though she was a figment of his imagination, right. Uh, but she was the narrator. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. He's a great guy. He's this. He's that. But he never really had her. No. No. Right. Uh-huh. So. So that's interesting. So the the end of the movie is uh, the janitor's like uh, has succumbed to the same mental uh, problems that his parents did. In other words. Yeah, I think so because that's why you know he's naked, but he's able to walk through the snow. He follows the animated pig into the uh, yeah in, into the school, and then we have this. Did we have the dance scene before that? The dan- dance that? scene was before that. And what what the heck? So I, what I thought of this was like you know in in medieval time or whatever the renaissance whatever that was when uh, they would have like the puppet show that preceded the play which showed exactly what was happening in the play okay. like you know uh, they would have uh, you know you'd see like the puppets like uh, I don't know like Macbeth the Macbeth puppet would get killed at the end by the by the Macduff puppet or whatever. Okay. And uh, so I got the idea that this was a prelude of what was going to happen here. And this young Jake kills the janitor. So what? And the janitor isn't the Jake that, you know, the guy who's playing 
the actual Jake janitor. No, I assume no, because- these are all dancers. These are all people yeah. that, that are, are like professional dancers. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Basically it does set up to where it's like, you know, Jake and Louisa are so happy and they have this beautiful dance and it's actually very well choreographed. I'll give it all that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not is. a ballet guy, but you know, it was very well really choreographed. Yeah, no, and then all of a sudden they get to the gymnasium, they got the snow going and then the, the dancer janitor comes in, not the real one, mm-hmm. ends up killing the dancer Jake. So, and takes Louisa away. Yeah. So, so that was his imagination of, you know, his tragedy of, of him falling on the sword for his love and got taken away by the evil person. But the evil person was actually him yeah. who was the janitor who was making all this stuff up in his head. Yeah. And then it ends with him having, uh, accepting this award and everybody, everybody, it was like shadows and makeup of them, everybody looking old. Looking anybody old. that he's ever come encountered right. to, including him, older, his mom sitting on a rocking chair on this set piece on a stage. Yeah. And he accepts this award. That that was like, it, that disturbed me. That felt like Pink Floyd the Wall. So that's, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, the, everybody was like old, older, yeah. and had this makeup or, or like the way it was shadowed on their face made them look everybody older. Yeah, so this is like the end of A Beautiful Mind, isn't it? When he's accepting the Nobel Prize, he's like wearing the same thing as, as uh, Russell Crowe was in that movie. I've he? never seen that. Okay, uh, that's what it reminded me of, and I didn't go check. I didn't go look at A Beautiful Mind, but it really reminded me of the end of A Beautiful Mind. Right. And I don't know if he was, I don't know if that was another one of these movies that he watched. Uh, And I think actually it is one of the movies that's in his bedroom, uh, his childhood bedroom, you know, when it's marked his childhood bedroom. I think A Beautiful Mind is one of those movies. Well, so So, is The Thing. Yeah, I, I did see that. I didn't notice that, too. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm again probably just too stupid to understand the significance of it and he did this song too <laughs> he, yeah, he, did, did, right. he did the song about a love of his life so that's from oklahoma which is obviously one of his favorite musicals or something so i don't know that was i i think if it had any funny scenes was at the beginning when they're driving to the farmhouse and he's like, well, you want to listen to some music because the, the conversation got tense again. So he puts on this. Yeah, that's right. He puts on this AM station. And I think I guess it's just a high school, a bunch of high school kids like practicing their their singing for Oklahoma. Right. And she goes, oh, I didn't know you like musicals. He's like, I don't like musicals. I mean, I like Oklahoma and. and yeah. And like, West Side like, Story. Off, like five of them. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera. and. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> yeah. yep. and Wicked and and Hamilton and mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he knows all these musicals he's a big musical fan and that's how yeah. it ends and then it this weird blue hue goes to I guess real time of this snow covered truck of what the janitor slash Jake is driving and it's just covered in snow uh, presuming he's dead in there from hypothermia and mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. I, it was really hard to read those credits, Andy. Yeah, they were tiny. Did you notice that? Yes. Like that font super was tiny. I was like, oh my God, I need a telescope to read those. Yeah, man. You need like an 8K. That's why we need 8K to read those credits because they were <laughs> zoom, tiny. Zoom, 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 zoom. Who yeah. is that? <laughs> yeah, they were very tiny, tiny credits. Even at the beginning. And, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I thought overall the aesthetic looked good. I thought it was. Like, I think there. I think this was a very competently made film, and it was uh, cinematography yeah. was good too. Was I, I did not like that. Would you call it four by three? Because I'm not familiar yeah. with the the framing. Yeah, the uh, aspect ratio is four by three. So there's bars on the. If you have a normal TV, which is sixteen by nine, there's going to be bars on the sides. Yeah, and I saw it, but it kept going out, and then like when it's an really important out. seat would come really in, did it, it go out? It, yeah, it did sometimes. Really, sometimes it did. I didn't notice that. I thought it was four by three the whole time, but. It well, was, my TV really, it did that. Really odd because no, I, I believe it. Uh, it's really odd because um, you know a lot of movies are are actually filmed at a, a wider than sixteen by nine ratio, and then the bars in the bottom. So I'm you know bo- bottom and top. Yeah, that's what it know, normally what it, is, right? Yeah, what, is it, what it normally is, but for um, widescreen and stuff. Hey, I, I got a question, and maybe you can answer this because I I had no clue because we did mention that her, them going to the ice cream shop mm-hmm. for their burrs mm-hmm. slash. Blizzards, yeah, blizzards, whatever. Um, okay, there were twin girls there, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, you know, they won't let me order. You know, very, very uncomfortable." And then there was there was another girl in there, and this is like in the middle of the night in a blizzard, in no, in nowhere, Oklahoma. And this other girl comes out, and she has scabs and scars all over her arm, 
and um, Luisa orders the the drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was who was that? I so I I feel like these were some of the students that he encountered while he was working, right? Oh. Or maybe you know the 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 twins seemed like they were from the '60s or something. So maybe these were students that he knew when he was a student too, and like this uh, other girl was a student that he knew while he was a janitor. I I have I, I really don't. I'm I'm just totally just. It almost felt this like is my own theory here, but like like I didn't. Yes, yeah, yeah, I almost picked up like it was Louisa younger, like okay. in her high school days. Okay, because she's looking at her. She's like, I worry about you. Yeah. Okay. Unless Jake was a like a molester or something. I like don't. That. You know, I didn't get that. I think Jake. I don't get that impression. I think Jake was just kind of a um, a loner. annoying yeah. maybe like a guy who came there all the time and they were annoyed by him. Yeah. And yeah, you know that that's the and they just they, they obviously they were portrayed as not very nice people. No. So I think that you know they were irritated by him and maybe got him banned from the ice cream place or something because. They didn't really like him, and they were kind of snobby. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was it was really tough for me to pick just, up. on I didn't him. get the idea that he was like a creep like that. You know, uh, obviously he, you know, the Jesse character is a manipulative, controlling jerk. But uh, I think he was with his parents. I think because he was an only child. But I think I think he was very shunned and a, a, very much a loner right. in, in school. And I, I think overall, the Jake character was, um, you know, he tried to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was at this genius level and he could have been a, a physicist or whatever mm-hmm. they called him. Right. Um, but he wasn't. He was a janitor at high school. Yeah. And he just... That's the way he lived. Maybe on the verge of snapping, but he never really did. Right. But he just fantasizes about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, for us, it's, <laughs> it's hard to determine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. <laughs> Man, I, I am so struggling with my score, so I hope you're ready for one. Uh-huh. Andy, how do you feel about I'm thinking of ending things? Usually ask if we missed anything at the end. Uh, yeah. Did we miss something? I'm sorry. Yeah, we missed a lot because I just don't get it. Oh, <laughs> there was so much that went over. I'm pretty head. sure if you're like, smart, there's yeah. all sorts of things you could probably say about this. And maybe, maybe, and I did think the, the baby is cold outside argument. I got that. The misogyny mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the literal literary... Uh, references. I, I know if you read a lot and you like poems, you'll mm-hmm. get this. And and you know more power to you. But for me, it's it's not my thing. Right. Um, but I appreciate people who love poetry. It's art, mm-hmm. and, and they understand it. And, and people can feel poetry, and that's great. But mm-hmm. that was a massively melancholy poem that she recited there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so got so yeah, I mean, too. so you want my my thoughts of this movie? It, thoughts, score, good, bad, or classic? Okay, so I think if I did if I did choose this movie, which I you. You're saying I did. <laughs> it must have been on the description that, uh, you know, someone's thinking of breaking up with their their, you know, significant other and they end up at the parents house of, of this significant other before right before they're going to break up with them. Because uh, that's it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the acting in this is amazing. Like, it's just fantastic acting. And like the dialogue scenes alone are uh, just masterfully done by uh the actors uh, in in this movie, um, I think there's an aesthetic. It definitely evokes emotions mm-hmm. that uh, that are, you know, disturbing and uh, um, depressing and uh, and troublesome. Um, it just it, it's so highbrow that uh, and uh, kind of I don't know. I think you put it right. It's kind of. Um, Pretentious. Know, pretentious, you know, and I think that comes from the novel it's based on. Like I said, I, I feel I, this is not a novel I would probably read based on what I feel comes from the book. So for a stupid person like me, this is kind of this gets boring and it goes like it doesn't I don't get where it went, you know, in some in some ways. 
Uh, there's a lot of lot to think about, but it, it's like too much to think about sometimes. So for a dumb person like me, I'd probably give this about two and a half stars. Mm. You're probably not going to enjoy it that much. If you're really intelligent and this is your kind of thing, and maybe you are pretentious and hang out at Starbucks and impress girls with the uh, women with the books you read, you know, you try to do that. Maybe you're going to think this is like a four star movie. I don't know. But for me, it, it dragged on way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it went over my head. It was just not uh, there was a lot to think about, but there was too much to think about in some ways. And I just I didn't really I'm too dumb to get it, I think. And, and that's my problem. So I'm going to give it two and a half. That's a good score. Um, good. Say it's good. I think I think it is a good movie. I mean, yeah. like I said, the acting, the concept, the some of the scenes are really memorable. You're going to remember this movie. Uh, but I just it just didn't overall as a, a film it didn't hit for me. The one thing I'm going to totally disagree with you on is you know if you're if you're intelligent you enjoy poetry because I think if if you've got some sense to yourself you know and and a very simple person but maybe not dive into poetry or dive into the analytics of what poetry and and or or movies you dive into movies of of what was the meaning of this or what was the meaning of that um i would actually suggest you need to be in a a a good headspace to watch this movie because you brought up a thing that i i kind of i didn't poo poo it but i i didn't give it a lot of thought but it actually did invoke a lot of kind of just not depression but just a lot of a, a, a feeling of dread and a feeling of just being enclosed in and and isolated, which is a terrible feeling. No, but I it, think you need to be in a good headspace where you don't feel that way because you need to be able to watch this and say, because you're not going to get everything. You're not going to get every literary reference. You're not going to get when they were talking about a movie. You may get when they're talking about Baby It's Cold Outside as being misogynistic, whatever. But I think you need to be in a a good mood, a good spirit to watch this movie. I think you'll get some enjoyment out of it. I mean, I would recommend it to people in a good headspace and, I, and you know, things are going well. No, I completely agree. This is a very depressing movie and I think it could like, you know, send you over the edge because it, it really brings up like real horror. Yeah, it, it'll bum you out even more. It won't it push will. you over the edge, but it no, will but bum you out know, even I, more because it, it'll bring, it. there's there's a lot of realism to this there movie. There is and there are serious like real issues here that everybody has to think about you know? parents passing away dementia yes, dementia um, and um, loneliness um, yep. um, mental health you know dealing and, with the you know the accomplishments of your life and things like that i mean these are all yeah, just goals in your life exactly yeah right. you, know? you know you didn't fulfill your your yes, goals that's massively depressing so i agree i really do think you should be in a good place when you're watching this movie because it is it can be profoundly depressing i would actually recommend it it's so damn long i mean it's just like i I would suggest not watching that if you're not into long movies (laughs) um i would say this is a good movie and just just for me it was just i love the acting the dialogue was fantastic even though i didn't i didn't like it didn't land on me just because Mm -hmm. i was like what what are they talking about here And, and i forgot it not that it was forgettable but I'm going to go two stars. I'm going to say it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And if you do watch it, please just just be in a really good place in your life. And, you know, you had a great day and you watch something that will just kind of it'll take you away. But it also bring you back to reality. I totally agree. Oh, there we go. We got through it, buddy. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to keep it too much longer. Hey, next week we're coming up with uh, My Bloody Valentine, the OG movie from 1981. Special guest, your friend, my friend. Who is it? Anya Gore. I forgot about that. That's awesome. From Horror More with Anya Gore. We're going to be talking about February 19th. Well, no, earlier in the week, just because we got other things going on. Seder, anything for Jackson to wrap up the month. And then the beginning of March, we're se- celebrating episode number 100. 100. So we're going to recap like the past 100 episodes, but we're also going to do another episode for you. And I think we landed on a subject that we're going to do. And uh, may I say it? Mm, let's not say it yet. Okay. Let's surprise you. <laughs> episode 100. Oh, by the way, if you do have any questions for us or you had a favorite episode that you listen to, uh, message us on any of our uh, social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, because uh, we'd love to answer any questions that you do have. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast uh we do appreciate you listening to episode 96 of the horror for you podcast everybody have a wonderful weekend stay safe out there and we will talk to you next week